You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. We do this fast at the beginning of every year. Uh, one of the big proponents of it is Jensen Franklin. How many of you know who Jensen Franklin is? Mighty man of God, awesome man of God, who is extremely balanced, you know. He's one of the people you can watch on TV and not feel like you're in the twilight zone. The man is really awesome. He's wonderful. Um, and, you know, I watched a little bit of the DVD that we're going to be running in the home groups, the couples group, and it was excellent, you know. And like my wife said, we're not trying to put some kind of religious burden on people. We get to do it, you know. We get to do it. Me? If we're going to fast, I want to fast. If we're going to worship, I want to worship. If we're going to pray, I want to pray. If we're going to get into the word, I want to get into the word. I mean, all these things are just things God has given us to grow closer to him, to walk in our calling. I was talking to a woman in between services, her husband and her, and she just wrote a book. She got it published. She's one of ours. It's, it's some poems from the Lord, and I'm so excited for her because that's my heart, that People are using their gifts and flourishing in them, you know. And uh, the Lord said, that's what you're to fast for, he said to me. To fast for people to really, just really be in their lane, really find out who they are in the Lord and soar. I want people to soar. I want people to soar in their lane and be all they can be. That's the whole reason I'm here. That's the whole reason Grace Church is here, okay? Where's my son? Is that good enough for my vision? My son said, you need to share the vision with everybody. But praise God, we're going to pray right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You missed it. We're going to pray right now. Emily, Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. I thank you for those that came to visit us today. We pray that, Holy Spirit, you would speak to their hearts as well as everyone else here. If anyone came in here not knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, more than anything else, Lord, we pray they would leave saved with eternity in their hearts. If anyone came in here facing a financial mountain, we pray it would be moved. Sickness in their body, oppression, depression in their spirit, broken relationship, all these things, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give them a word, give them exactly what they need today to remind them that they will overcome in the end with you. Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. All the earth, um, I just love that. All the earth will shout your praise. I get so excited. I mean, that's like that's like a song we're gonna sing in heaven, you know. I mean, come on now. But um, Mark chapter nine, verse twenty-eight. Now, if you don't know this passage of scripture, it's one of my favorites. It's talking about a man. You can find it in Matthew and Luke, but I like the account in Mark better. It's in more detail, but it's talking about a man who brings his son. To Jesus' disciples, Jesus is on the mountain at this time, the Transfiguration Mountain, but we won't get into that today, but he just wasn't there. And they brought him, the Father brought him to the disciples. Now, the disciples had been given power and authority from Jesus. They were healing. They were laying hands on the sick. They were sharing the word. They were casting out demons. So this man brings his son to them. And they couldn't do it. How many of you know this passage of scripture? The disciples could not cast out the demon. So finally, 
Jesus comes back down from the mountain and says, what's going on? They say, well, these guys can't cast this demon out. The Father says, if you can do anything, of course God can do anything. How many of you know God can do anything? <laughs> so he casts out the demon. They go back into the house, and the disciples are left hanging. They're like, well, why couldn't we do it? And he said, this kind comes out by nothing or only by prayer and fasting. Say, only, only by, prayer by prayer and fasting. Well, what does that tell you? So even with the power and the authority and the name of Jesus, there are some things that people won't be delivered from and healed from without fasting. I didn't make this. I didn't make the pizza. I'm just delivering it to you. With all that authority, with all that faith, Jesus said, there needs to be more from you. Amen? You know, grace is awesome. But does that mean we don't worship? Does that mean we don't praise? Does that mean we don't give? Does that mean we don't study? Of course not. And it means we fast. Jesus said, when I'm here, don't fast. But when I leave, you're going to need to fast. Are we, we're in the place where Jesus left, everybody. Say, we're in the time of fasting. We're in the time of fasting. <laughs> in the Old Testament and throughout the Bible, they fasted for different reasons. They fasted when facing calamity. They fasted in repentance. They fasted in mourning. Throughout the Bible, we see God's people fasting. I'm not going to name every single one of them, but I'll name a few. Moses fasted in preparation before receiving the commandments. David fasted in morning repentance when he lost his child. And then he fasted in God's temple. Esther fasted along with her people for deliverance. Jehoshaphat fasted when he was facing calamity. Remember in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat and the Israelites were surrounded by a million-man army with no place to go, totally trapped. So he called the fast right there. The first thing they did, he said, we need to fast. Hannah fasted for a baby. Hannah fasted for a baby. Nehemiah fasted for rebuilding the wall. Daniel fasted for wisdom. Now, I just made a top three list. This is my own list, <laughs> okay? But as I see it, the three greatest ministries of all time were started with a fast. Moses, Saul becoming Paul, and the greatest ministry of all, the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, started with what? A 40-day fast. So if you're looking to launch a ministry, I suggest you fast. Amen? Even more, the first sin in the Bible was Adam and Eve eating something that they weren't supposed to eat. It's kind of like they broke a fast. A dietary restriction that God had given, they broke it. Do you realize if Adam and Eve had kept the fast, we wouldn't be in this predicament? Whoa! Now, that doesn't mean that if you choose to do the fast with us, <laughs> if you mess up, that you're going to destroy mankind. 
that's already been done. And it's not about rules and regulations. But it's pretty interesting that the fall was the breaking of a fast, eating something that you weren't supposed to eat, that God said, don't touch that. Fast that. Fasting builds your faith, just like worship and praise and prayer and Bible study and ministry. It's just another aspect of what we do here on earth physically reflecting where we are spiritually. It's pretty amazing that they did something physically that affected all of us spiritually. Amen? And it's funny, how many of you have fasted before and broken the fast? I remember the time, hon, we snuck out and got a steak. I felt so bad. So we went out to this restaurant, and guess what? They said, we don't have any steak. And you think I would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? No, I just looked for another steakhouse. But the point being, that time in my life, God was trying to point something out to me, that it really is important for you to fast. And it really is important for you to keep the fast. For me, it's not for him, it's for me. Because when I deny my flesh, I have no choice but to get closer to God. Amen? Amen? If we all fasted media and internet and TV and all that stuff, we'd have nowhere to go but God. Some of us would literally go to heaven. We'd die and go to heaven right then. <laughs> if we, amen? And, and like I said, listen, would we ever say we don't need to pray? Would we ever say we don't need to worship? Then we should never say we'll never need to fast. Jesus said, when you fast. So he just assumed we were going to do it. There are private fasts and there are public fasts. How many of you have ever done a private fast? That's when, you know, the Holy Spirit just, uh, you, know, you know, I want to fast for my kids. I still get that one every once in a while. I want to fast for a friend. I want to fast for a breakthrough in my own life. I want to fast for my dreams. I feel like there's a ceiling over me, and I want to fast to break through. Whatever it might be, the Holy Spirit might nudge you to do that. But this is not a private fast we're doing here today, and we're starting here at the Grace Church. I am declaring a fast. See, because there are private fasts and there's public fasts. Everybody has a leader in their life, amen? If you don't have a leader, there's a problem. And you come to this church... We have pastors, we have youth leaders, we have prayer leaders, we have all different kinds of leaders. They're in place for a reason. So this is not a private fast. This is a fast that Pastor Joe is declaring. And here's the good news. You don't have to do it, but I encourage you to come along for the ride. Because I've seen every year as we do this, this fast, I've seen a woman find a husband, I said, I've seen a woman find a husband. <laughs> Can I get an amen, single ladies? Yeah. Can I get a shout? Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not going to say her name, but she fasted, and voila! She fasted and prayed about this guy, and now she got a big old rock on her finger. We fasted for babies that weren't supposed to be born, and now they're born. We fasted for growth in our church, Look, look around you. 
A couple years ago, I fasted. I said, how long are we going to be 140 people? God, I can't take this anymore. He said, what are you doing right now? Well, we're in the Daniel fast. He said, good. Fast for that. Because fasting breaks some things, people. It breaks some things that are holding on. Amen? Amen. There's other people that have fasted here for relationships that were broken, for marriages and different things. I'm not going to tell you everybody's business. I only do that once in a while. But here's the point. Here's the point. How many of you here have done the Daniel fast with us over the last few years? How many of you has God moved for you by doing that fast? Amen. You see the hands up? Why don't you just say, I'll be next. But like I said, you know, fasting releases God's blessing and favor. You know why? Because it releases those things in your life that are holding you back. God's, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me, that fasting releases God's blessing and favor because it releases those things that are keeping you from God's blessing and his favor. Somebody say amen. I mean, here we have a young boy that without fasting, he's still foaming at the mouth. So we don't just fast for ourselves, do we? You know, many of us can easily get into a rut, deal with the same issue over and over and over again, and the same thing happens over and over again. Grace Church, what is the word that best describes that? Insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and thinking things are going to change. I got news for you. They're not. We can get into rut. I can get into rut. We're continually under the oppression of curses and, and spirit and, and, and generational curses that are handed down by our families. Any of you ever under a curse from your family? Listen to me. My wife and I came together, two people, from two dysfunctional families. Any of you ever belong to a dysfunctional family know what I'm talking about. And then when you get married, you bring your dysfunction with their dysfunction, and then you got multiplied dysfunction. I didn't know how to be a husband and father. I'm still learning. Amen? She's doing a pretty darn good job of being a wife and a mom, though, I got to admit. I mean, this woman does our laundry. I don't know how you do laundry every day. I just, I hate laundry. But I, I really, I just, I took my clothes out the other, and I stopped, and I said, thank you so much. You didn't even know. But I'm really saying thank you, like, for all the sacrifice you do for me and the kids, you know? You know why? Because the curse in our family has been broken. The curse has been broken. And then we have familiar spirits, which is things that plague you, you're very familiar with. Anybody? <laughs> You know what mine was for the longest time? I'm still working on it. It's anger. It's anger. It's not violent anger because I'm not a violent person most of the time, my son will tell you. Um, <laughs> maybe on the basketball court, football. But, you know, just dealing with that and learning not to be in a, a nuclear reactor. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead, like, when I get information that I don't like, I need to step back now. Does anybody struggle with what I struggle with? You know, you need to take a breath. I'm learning to take a breath. I'm learning. I don't want to be stuck in that for my whole life. So now when I get mad, I just say, like, I step back. Say, Honey, I'm really mad. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Or my son. He's like my conscience, you know. 
He comes up to me. He's like, nope, don't stop right now. You know, you need people like that in your life that will tell you. Like, you need to stop, you know. And we get caught in these things. And I'm fasting that that would just leave me totally. Because how can I be a good husband and a good father and a good pastor and a good friend if I have things that are plaguing me? If I have familiar spirits that I fall back into over and over and over again. I see people that have spirits of offense and unforgiveness on them and they just can't shake them. We're fasting for that this year. We're fasting for people that have spirits of insecurity and, and, and regret on them this year. We're fasting because these things need to be broken, everyone, if your year is really going to be different. You know, everybody usually quotes this scripture uh, for New Year's. Behold, God is doing a new thing. I'll tell you what, God's not doing a new thing unless you do a new thing. <laughs> Sorry, God's been doing a new thing all year. The question is, are you going to do something new? If you want things to be different, amen. We can easily get into a rut. So fasting releases us from things that would keep us from what God wants to release to us, his blessing and favor. Let's go back to this young man and see the situation he was in. And Jesus said that the only way that this young man is going to be healed is by fasting. That alone should tell you that there's some things in our lives that we have to fast for, unless we're all arrived. Who here has arrived? I mean, you're pretty close. you got a Giants jersey on. You're pretty darn close. But... <laughs> Look back in Mark chapter 9, verse 7. Look at this. Teacher, I brought you my son. He has a mute spirit. He can't talk. He's not verbalizing. You know, my wife, she talks to me about this all the time. She, she says, when we say we deal with a couple, right, or two people that are not getting along, or just a situation, a relationship, You'll find that some people, they just don't say really how they feel. Can I get an amen here? The people that aren't going amen are people that don't say how they feel. <laughs> Can I get an amen? How many of you, have, of you have a spouse that has a hard time sometimes telling you how they feel? I'll raise my hand because it's true. And we See, the good news is we know it so we can work with it, you know? But it took a long time. My wife says it's called finding your voice. Finding your voice. And uh, she found her voice seven years ago. If you've read my book, and thanks for all you that are buying my book. I appreciate it. Can I get a review on Amazon, though, please? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, only if it's a good one. Uh, but there came a time where, you know, throughout our marriage, you know, she never really told me how she felt. She just kept it all in. And as you know, it kind of busted out in a couple's group, and then it busted out in all kinds of different ways. Don't let it get to that point. But who cares? It got to the point. And you know what? Since that time, like when I open my mouth, and as you know, I have no problem doing that, like I'll say something to her like, well, what are you, and she'll go like this. She'll get on a higher step than me and look down and go, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow. But you know what? I like it. I like it because she tells me what I need to hear now. Like, I didn't know you didn't like this, and I didn't know you didn't like that. Our first Christmas together, I bought her potholders, coasters, and a spatula. 
I thought this was the way it worked, you know? Like I bought a jewelry for a couple of years and then it's like, oh, we're married now, so I gotta get your practical stuff. It wasn't good. She just kind of opened it up and every time she opened it, when she saw the coasters, I knew I was toast. I had this image in my head, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. I don't, you know, I'm stupid, I don't know. You know, but she really didn't say that much about it. Years later, she goes, oh yeah, that was the worst Christmas. What were you thinking? But at the time, you know, she gave me some grace, but she didn't say how she feels. Now, if I get her something she doesn't like, guess who's going to hear about it first? Moi. So now I just give her money. Here, <laughs> go enjoy yourself. You got to find your voice. You got to find your voice. If you don't tell people how you feel, not only are you hurting you, but you're hurting them. Many of us here really need to find our voice. How many of you here today know you need to find your voice? Listen, if you could even raise your hand, you're finding it. Yeah. If you could even raise your hand, you're finding it. Because people need to know. Everybody needs to know. Now I know. No coasters, no potholders, no frying pans, no blenders, okay? It's either gift certificates, jewelry, but now, you know, at this point in time, how many have been married for more than 20 years? What more could you buy them? I'm going to hold you to that for your husband. She goes, yeah, really. Yeah. They had to come up with Swarovski now, and that ruined my whole life. You know what? That muteness, that inability to express, is going to be broken this year in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on now. There is no reason we should hold back how we feel. And if you hold back in that area, you'll hold back in every area of your life. But when you're re released of that, you will soar. I want to see everybody in this church soar in 2017. Like the eagle. You know how the eagle soars? Soars higher than everybody else. And then all the little things that are happening here don't bother you no more. I'm going to tell you something right now. If every little thing bothers you, you're not soaring. If every little thing bothers you, you're not soaring. Get your voice. Look what it did for Esther. I don't talk about Esther a whole lot, but let's talk about Esther. Esther chapter 4. Do we know the story of Esther? She's the queen of queens. She's Jewish. And what happens is Haman, the enemies of God's people, fooled the king, and, and basically that all the Jews need to die. Mordecai is, is basically like the priest of the Jews, and Esther is the Jew in the highest place in the kingdom. And here's what happens. Mordecai goes to Esther and says, you're our only hope. If you don't speak up, all the Jews will be killed, and you'll most likely be killed as well. And then he said one of the most famous sayings in the Bible. They've written songs about it. Even uh, Brian Poppin wrote one. It's called this, Such a Time as This. He said, maybe you're here for such a time as this. The reason you need to have your voice is because you might be there for someone. I was talking to somebody recently that was offended with someone, and, and, and the focus is always on, well, you need to tell this person so you can tell them. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I said, look, maybe you're in this situation just so you can help that person. Maybe you're in this situation just so you can help that person. Maybe you need to take this offense and turn it around. Let's take the fence down from the offense. 
because you're here for such a time as this. I always look like that. Like in Christianity and relationships that aren't working, there's a reason. Because those people are there for each other. So they can both grow. Just telling you. So, Esther, here's her reply. Tell all the Jews to fast for me. You think you're just fasting for you, do you? You're fasting for the person next to you in the seat around you. You're fasting for everybody else in the church. Maybe there's some people that can't fast. Maybe there's some people that don't have the willpower to fast. You fast for them. Amen. Esther said, tell them to fast for me. Neither to eat or drink for three days and nights. How many of you have ever done a liquid fast where you didn't eat anything? Oh, man, I've done them. I've done them for a week. Here's the good news, though. When you fast, how many of you are runners here? You're a runner? Like you get when I say a runner, I don't mean you run from people. I don't mean you run sprints. I mean you, you're a runner, okay? You, how, how about this? How many of you here can run longer than a mile without dying? All right, cool. Because I, I don't know if I can. But, um, you know, my wife is a runner, and I know from just people that I know that, that run, there's something called the runner's high. Do you know what that is? It's not that you run and you get high. It's the runner's high. And what happens is you're running, whether it be a 5K or a marathon, and there's a point in your running where you don't feel it anymore. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who has experienced that? Yeah, you're a runner, right? Runner, runner. You guys all get it, right? There's a point where it doesn't matter. Like, you're just, you're going to be able to run. And that's how fasting is. When I fasted for a week with just fluids, by the third day, I didn't want to eat anymore. I was in another world, <laughs> spiritually. And when you fast, you know, this year, I'm looking forward to the fast. I've prepared my heart for the fast. I'm not sneaking out for steak this year. I'm, I'm, you know, and I didn't last year either. But here's my point. Preparation. Just the same way you're going to prepare to worship in the morning. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to pray? Are you prepared to hear God's word? Are you prepared to fast? Prepare yourself. So she says, I will fast likewise. And look what happened in chapter 5. So she says, look, she says, I'm going to go talk to the king, and if I die, I die. Because normally it was against the law, you would be killed for going into his presence without making an appointment or being allowed. Oh, maybe I should institute that. <laughs> that would be That's cool. Did you make an appointment? Kill them, you know. But really, that was it. That was it. So it happened on the third day of what? the fast, that Esther put on a royal robe, stood in the inner court of the palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his throne, facing the entrance of the house. So it was that when the king saw her standing there, she found favor in his sight. Now here's something interesting. You know, when I first fasted, first started fasting in my Christian life, I got grumpy. Anybody? Actually, I still get a little grumpy, don't I? When, but when I get the fasters high, I'm better. And people would say, well, you know, what's the matter? I'm going, I haven't eaten anything in days. I haven't had a steak in a week. It's always steak with me. It's just steak, steak, steak. I hear that sizzling noise. 
It's like the lust of my life. You know, but I, was, I would just be so grumpy. Anybody you ever be on a fast and you were grumpy? Listen, Jesus said this. He said, when you fast, don't act like you're fasting. He said that right after he, he told them how to pray, he told them how to fast. So we understand that prayer and fasting are twins. They're powerful twins. But he said the same thing when you pray. He said, when you fast, don't come out. Don't be all angry and nasty and let everybody know that you haven't eaten in days. See, we, when we fast, we're getting closer to God. We should literally be full of joy. When you worship the Lord, are you more full of joy? When you pray, are you more full of joy? When you're in the Word, are you more full of joy? You know why? Because in His presence is fullness of joy. So when we fast, we should look good. And I'm going to tell you something. Esther did. He saw her, and she immediately found favor in his sight. Because when you fast for the right reasons... You have no choice but to have God's anointing on you wherever you go. And you will find favor wherever you go. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Let's go back to Mark chapter 9 and verse 8 and see. So the next thing, this spirit would seize him, which means taking hold of him. Some of us are taking hold of things. Here's the amazing thing. Some of us are taking hold of things and we don't know it. I said, some of us are taken hold of uh, by things, by spirits, and we don't even know it. I loved it. The, one of the greatest phrases I heard about the devil was this. His greatest deception is that people don't even believe he exists. We've turned him into a cartoon character with a pitchfork in his hand. But don't make any mistake about it. There is an enemy of your soul. There is someone trying to seize you. Many strongholds in our life. That's what fasting does. It breaks those strongholds that we don't even know exist. We're taking hold of things. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to pulling down strongholds. Listen, our war is not against people. It's against what's going on in the spiritual realm. And the same way that God inhabits our praise, in the same way we speak with the authority of the word, in the same way he hears the prayer of a righteous man, in the same way he says to take it to that next level, there are some things that you must fast for only by fasting. Say that with me. Only by fasting. Only. We're taking hold of things that need to be released insecurity, regret, offense, unforgiveness, thinking it could never be me, thinking this thing will never change. Next thing in Mark, it says, it throws him down, casts him down, keeps him down. I was talking to the people in the first service about racism a little bit. I didn't get into it too much. But the fact of the matter is racism is a spirit. Oh, can I try that again? Racism is a spirit. So stop fighting people. Most people that are racist don't even know it. Can, can I try that again? Most people that are racist don't even know it. It's a principality. It's a power that's entrenched. You want to get rid of it fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got one little clap. Yeah. 
instead of complaining and arguing and yelling at people? How about fasting for it? Because it's a spiritual stronghold. Amen? Has, have any of you ever had a ceiling in your life? It could be racial. It could be family-wise. It could be because of your education. It could be because of the way you look. There's all kinds of barriers that keep us from where we're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. Listen, when I first got saved and I got married, you know, I married this beautiful woman. She was like a career girl, man. I met her on the train. She had a, a nicer bookcase than me. Briefcase. <laughs> you know, she had a nicer briefcase than me. She was going to work, you know. I'm, I'm up there like, wow, who's that? Wow. And the first time I saw her, this is the truth. People, a lot of people say to me recently, let me be honest with you. I'm saying, I hope you're being honest with me. Why do you got to say that? So I'm not even going to say that. When I first met her on the train, I knew we were going to get married. But I felt a little insecure and inadequate. I, I said, look, obviously this woman makes money. I mean, look at the clothes she's wearing. Look at the briefcase she has. She's got a job. What I had wasn't a real job. I was making $300 a week. The first year we were together, she made $55,000. I was at that point in life where I was like, God, if I could just make $20,000, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat worms. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's way back there. That was a lot of money back then. So she's making all this money, and we get married, and I'm not feeling great about myself. My wife makes three times as much as me, you know? I'm just a clerk on the trading floor. I'm like, I might just be doing this for the rest of my life. But then we talked about how, you know, I wanted her to be barefoot and pregnant, like kind of thing. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean, barefoot and pregnant? That's such an old-time saying, right? Like, I don't know what that means anymore. What does it mean? It means you got your shoes off, but you're pregnant, and you're walking in the house without your shoes. I don't know. That just doesn't sound like a bad gig, you know? Pregnant, barefoot, it sounds like you're enjoying yourself. But anyway, I had this vision that, you know, I was going to be the breadwinner, and she was going to stay home. We were going to have lots of kids. I never thought six. I was more like ten, but she stopped us at six, so I had my vision that she had hers, and she won because she had the control. So anyway... I'm just talking to myself right now. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, after the twins, it was like, no more! And I was like, okay, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But, um, you know, I wanted to become a trader on the New York Mercantile Exchange. You've heard the story before. I won't make it too long. But the point was there was a ceiling. There was a ceiling of how far they would let me go. You know, you went to Yale, you're up. You went to uh, MIT, yeah, you're in. You went to Harvard, yeah, you're in. You went to where? Rikers? What? I never heard of that college. What? <laughs> you did what? You delivered pizzas? Uh, I don't know. So every time I got before this board, they would literally laugh at me and trash me, treat me like a piece of junk. And frankly, I figured I'll never break through this ceiling. It's just not going to happen. So the church we were going to at the time, the leader of the church declared a fast. I didn't know what a fast was. And then he told us, you know, you don't eat anything. It's only liquids. We're going to do it for a week. And I'm like, a week? I don't know if I could do that for a minute, for a day. 
But he said the same thing that I'm saying now, that that's, you know, there, there are ceilings in your life. There are things that have a hold of you. You know, you can have serious breakthrough through fasting. So I did it. I remember being on the path train with my little New Testament. You know, back then we had something called books. <laughs> we couldn't read anything on our phone. And our phone, you couldn't even see. Like, what is that? Is that a two? We had these, I don't need, do we even have cell phones? No, we had like, the only thing was a cell phone was the size of a brick. And it weighed about as much as a brick. And it was like $2,000 to have it. And you couldn't hear anybody. But you should have seen these yuppies walking through Wall Street with these big phones. They look so stupid. Like, just, it never really caught on. But I have my little New Testament, and I remember being on the path train and just reading it. And I'm fasting, and for the first time, I'm like, I'm a hearing God. I was on the trading floor on the third day of my liquid-only fast. People are screaming and yelling and losing and making money. All this stuff's going on around me, and all of a sudden, I just got like the runner's high. And I just, it was just me and, and my first real encounter with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, a peace just came over me. I couldn't think about eating. I couldn't think about the situation I was in. I was just like, wow. The whole, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't have said it any better. God really knows what he's doing. And I was just like in this place. Oh, it doesn't matter. God loves me. It doesn't matter what happens from here on in. And I just glided home that day. I wasn't even thinking about my situation. Do you know that within two weeks, the same guy that who had thrown me down, had pushed me down, had mocked me, as a matter of fact, the funny thing about this guy, I'm not going to say his name because who knows if he listens to these messages, but if I say this, he'll know who it is. Anyway, he was born the same day and the same year that I was, and he was my boss, and he treated me so bad that there were times I just wanted to give up. You remember? I just wanted to give up. But after that fast, I had such peace and everything, and within two weeks, he came into the trading floor one day. He didn't even look at me, and he just said, Oh, yeah, they want to talk to you again. And then he went right back into buying and selling. And I'm like, what did he say? They want to talk to me? Went into the next meeting. They made me a member of the New York Mercantile Exchange. A week later, that guy got fired. Three months later, he came to me asking for a job at the new place I was at. See, God, listen to me. You, you can fast... And things will be broken, and favor will just come on you for no good reason. Like I said, if, if you're looking for a husband or a wife, you could fast, and they could just show right up. What favor is that? Amen? <laughs> I tell you that story to tell you that, listen, if God did it for me, he could do it for you. He will do it for you if you let him. He wants to do it for you. We don't have to fast. We get to fast. Finally, Mark chapter 9, verse 8, wherever it sees him, throws him down, phones him out, gnashes his teeth, and he became rigid. You know, many of us become paralyzed, you know. Were you ever paralyzed in your life? 
You didn't know what to do about something, so you just did nothing. Or, you know, it's the new year, and you said, you know what, I don't have any resolutions because I don't even know what to do anymore. This situation is never going to change. You're paralyzed. You're paralyzed. It's like Israel. Imagine God's people, Israel, on one side of a valley, and you got God's enemies, the Philistines. Who, by the way, God always gives Israel the victory over them. But for this specific point of time, Philistines sent down Goliath every day. Nine-foot Goliath come down into the valley. Who wants to fight me? You know? It says for 40 days, the whole nation of Israel was paralyzed. And you know, there are some people today here that are paralyzed. You don't know what to do about your financial situation. You don't know what to do about your marriage. You don't know what to do about your ministry dreams. You don't know what to do about your health. You don't know what to do about your teenager. You don't know what to do. So you're paralyzed. Fasting can break that. Fasting can break that. See, because the spirit of Goliath is there every day, but the spirit of David is in you. And you can pick up a little rock and put it in the slingshot and beat it right now. Because like I said before, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I have some strongholds in my life, in my ministry, in my business, in my character, in my personality that I'm fasting for, and I'm going to have victory this year over every single one of them. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. Listen very carefully. Too many of us are always on defense. We're always on defense against the enemy. We're like the Giants. <laughs> it's time to get the offense going. Amen? I'm not talking about the Giants. <laughs> instead of him taking it to us, how about we take it to him? Yeah. I said instead of him taking it to us, why don't we take it to him? Why don't we get the ball, drive down, and score before he even gets it? Yeah. Oh, the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and if we don't blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of hearing it. You got something in you that's greater than any devil. Yeah. And when you fast and pray and worship and give, it will manifest itself in power. In the same way Jesus gave those disciples all that authority and all that and all the great things that they were doing, something came up against them that they couldn't beat. Couldn't beat it with the name of Jesus. Could have said the name of Jesus all day. Couldn't beat it with it. Could have prayed all day. Couldn't beat it. Could have worshipped all day. Couldn't beat it. Could have quoted the word all day. Jesus said, only, everybody say only. Only. By fasting will this one come out. Will that one come out? The one that seizes, the one that throws you down, the one that's got a hold on you, the one that you don't even know exists. Let me tell you something. When Jesus healed that boy, it said he looks like he's dead. Because he had a whole new life. Because that boy most likely had no idea what was going on. And there are people that are stuck and have no idea that they're stuck. And we're going to fast for that as well. We're going to fast for all these things. And if you're too weak for fast, I'll fast for you. Mm -hmm. 
If you're too weak to, to do it, come up to me. I'll do it for you. I'll fast for you. I will. You know, it'll only strengthen me to fast even more. If I know I got to fast for somebody else, and many of us are like that, you know, we'll do something for somebody else. Who cares? You know, I'll be a people pleaser. You want me to fast for something in your life? I'll fast for it in your life. Amen? Amen. I don't care. Who cares as long as it works, as long as it happens? Because I'll tell you what finally happened. In verse 22, this thing was going to destroy him. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you better fast. Or what's got a hold of you that you don't know, it's going to destroy you. I didn't tell this in the first service. I'm telling you. There's some things that must change in your life or it's going to kill you. And it could be that you're eating all the wrong food. Or it could be you have anger and unforgiveness. You know anger and unforgiveness and offense will kill you. It'll kill you before a hamburger. You got to let some of that stuff go. If you've never found your voice, if you hold that voice in you too much, guess whose voice you're only going to hear? Your own voice. And that'll kill you. That'll kill you. Amen, won't it, Rich? But the same voice, your own voice can help you, like the woman who grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment. See, it's all about him. It's all about going to him. Fasting is about going to him and being closer to him than you ever have before. How could that ever hurt you? Would you ever say to somebody, don't keep praying, it's not good for you? Would you ever tell somebody, stop worshiping, why would you want to get close to God? Would you ever tell somebody, don't read the Bible, fast from it? Of course not. But to fast from food, to fast from other things that are taking our attention away from the Lord, yeah. It can never hurt. It can only help. And for some of us, it will be a breakthrough like we've never had before. I'm believing for exceedingly above and beyond this year as I fast. I'm not going to waste my time not eating steak. I'm going to make it count. I'm going to spend time with the Lord, and I'm going to get closer to him, and every area of my life is going to get better. Amen. Amen. Because guess who decided there should be a fast? It wasn't me. It was God. Amen? And here's the fast he wants. Our worship team is going to come up right now. It's in Isaiah chapter 58. This is what God wants from a fast, to loose bonds. It's the same thing we've been talking about. I'm not going to go through it all over again. Many of us are in bondage, and we don't even know it. Some of us are in bondage to sin, and we don't even know it. And in a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Sin will have no hold over you anymore. Some of us, it says to undo heavy burdens. How many of you right now are carrying a heavy burden in your life right now? Financial, physical, emotional, whatever it might be. How many of you have a heavy burden right now that needs to be lifted? Come on now. Be honest. There's so many people here. You know when they say, people will say to you, stop, and you'll say, how you do? And you'll say, I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Nobody can carry the weight of the world. I just want to let you know that. And you're not called to do that. You're called to give up those things, those burdens, so you can run a race. To let the oppressed go free. Do you know what's great? To be physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially free is like the greatest thing ever. When you're not mad at anybody, when you're no, you don't need to borrow anybody's money, 
when, when you're free of sickness, how many of you would just, I might want that. I don't know, maybe. It's like there's nothing better. God wants that for you. He wants to break every yoke that keeps you from what you're supposed to be doing. Don't you see? You'll never soar with a yoke. You'll never soar with a burden. Amen? Let's close our eyes. I want to make sure everybody here knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Some of you are trying to carry performance to God and say, hey, God, look what I did. It will never be enough. But if we put our faith and trust what Jesus did, it's always enough. It's salvation. He died on the cross for our sin. Three days later, God raised him from the dead so we could have a new life. If everyone would bow their head, close their eyes just for a moment and say this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I might have a new life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Make me brand new. Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time or the second time, but you really mean it, you want to be 100% sure you're going to spend eternity in heaven. If you said that prayer, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Anybody else? Amen. All right, a few people in here, raise your hand. If you raise your hand, could you stand up real quick, wherever you are? Come on. Yeah, stand up. Whoever else? Anybody else? 